Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Magic is power. Cowboys are notoriously lazy people, right? If you don't try hard at anything. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. I'm Patrick. I'm your Legacy newbie. And with me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry B. What's up, Jerry? Oh, not much, Pat. It's been a wonderful week of magic, and I am so excited to be here tonight. <laughs> Me too, man. So you played a lot of magic this week. You get into some uh, some Eldraine pre-releases. Uh, I did. Well, I didn't do the pre-release. I did the regular release. You know, I'm I'm getting up there in years. So what's the you difference? Know. Is pre-release just like the midnight thing, and then the release weekend is just everything else after that? Uh, good question. Good question. I think it's just literally the time of day that you draft it. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like brunch, you know. Gotcha. It's 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 really just lunch. It's just you do it early. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I did that. I also went to F and M, uh, played some F and M. Uh I got my ass handed to me by Bant Spirits. So that was an experience. <laughs> oh boneless boneless bant, you mean? <laughs> boneless bant. <laughs> Uh, yeah, awesome. Tur- turns out a bunch of uh, aggressive creatures plus every creature is a goddamn counterspell uh, is uh, pretty good against combo decks. <laughs> what were you? Were you playing Sneak and Show? Yeah, Sneak and Show. I thought you. I thought you vowed to shelve that until uh, the meta shifted for in favor of you. Uh, yeah, and then my friend Josh was like, "Hey, I'm going to F and M. You want to go?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll go to F and M." So that uh, that put that plan on hold. <laughs> Which jo- is this, Josh Sissio? Uh, well, both were there. Josh Sissio actually won the uh, dual land giveaway because Michelle is still giving away a dual land at every F and M Legacy event. So. Which du- Which duel did he win? Uh, he won a scrub land. Hell yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, it taps for white and black, which are both colors that get played in Legacy. Not yeah. necessarily in that combination, but yeah, pretty good. It's okay. That's a good. That's a. That's not a bad one. Yeah, not bad for free. I feel like the worst, the like the lowest on the list is Tiger. Right? It's got to be Tiger. Yeah, unless you're a Lands or Charbelcher player. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I'm, and now let's be honest, man. Plateau. As much as Karn. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. You're <laughs> as right, much you're as right. Karn is bringing it back, Plateau is the low man on the top. Plateau pool. is like literally. Yeah, yeah. That that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's but good. Hey, I've, Hey, Karn, Karn's bringing it back to style. Like, like I want to. F- I feel like uh, Plateau is the suspenders of Magic. You know, you know, useful. You know, serves a role. Not necessarily the most popular, but you know, by gosh, I appreciate it. You know, the worst thing about suspenders is, and that they get a bad rap, is that they actually do a much better job of holding up your pants than a belt does. A belt is actually like a very inefficient way of holding up your pants. And 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 and, and I'm serious. And and uh, I know and, you're right. And and suspenders. <laughs> Suspenders just became like um, like an old fashioned way of of doing it, and they just fell out of favor, and they've never made a comeback. But I think I well, I strongly feel that suspenders are making a comeback because I, I had to wear them in a wedding like last year. So this that's is going to be indication. the that's my like super not into fashion indication that suspenders are probably coming back. Well, suspenders are great, uh, but the reason why Pat, the why why they fell out of fashion, uh, they did not have super cool belt buckles. Cowboys would do rodeos, and the prizes were always super cool belt buckles. And you can't wear a super cool belt buckle if you're wearing suspenders. Mm, I think you just have to make a bolo tie out of it, honestly. And that True. fits in the cowboy theme. So they just weren't trying very hard. 
Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll Cowboys save that are for... <laughs> notoriously lazy people, right? Who don't try hard at anything. Yes, yes. So, this Please is don't the hurt most... me, Cowboys. <laughs> I'm only joking. It's just a, it's, this is fun internet jokes. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, you can check that out on our uh, our history uh, podcast that comes out on Thursdays, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, we're, we're just getting to that. What do we call it? I can't remember what the name of the title was. It's brand uh, new. Uh, leaving a History. Oh, that's right. Of course. How could I forget that? Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I spent my weekend uh, playing, well, coaching football, and uh, I'm still amped up about it, Jerry. Can I tell you a story? Uh, yes, of course. Okay. So our flag team, I'm coaching flag football. I had a coach of our flag football team, and it's all four to six-year-olds. And our team this year is very young, mostly four-year-olds, bunch of kids. This is their first year playing. I think I have like two, three veterans who have played last year. So we're a really young team, and uh, we spent the first three or four games this season uh, getting our butts kicked pretty hard, actually. Like every game, we'd score, we'd score like once, and then just get rolled the rest of the game. And uh, on Sunday, we played uh, the best team in the league, who we played in week one. And our kids just fucking—they showed up and they sold out, man. And it was the, one of the most satisfying experiences I've had as a human in my life. We uh, like the whole offensive line was f- fucking blocking really well, like driving down the field. We ran multiple plays, which was pretty great. We ran our jet sweep, which people who know football know that running a jet sweep with four and five year olds is a very like is a significant accomplishment. I'm very proud of that. Uh, it was awesome, man. We uh, we ended up tying this other team that we played with this very good team, and uh, I'm still riding high off that man. I was super proud of those kids. Like our defense played great; they were in great positions all day, and our offense was awesome. And uh, man, I'm just so proud of those kids and. And I just want to shoot, put that out there because I played zero magic, but uh, I had a much more fulfilling weekend uh, coaching flag football. So I feel like uh, a little grandmother listening to her grandson explain the plot of the video game that he's playing because I'm just nodding along. <laughs> like, yeah, that that sounds nice, Pat. All right, here's a, here, nice. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the breakdown of a jet sweep. Real quick. All right. We run. No, all our, I'm good. We, I'm I just tell appreciate you, no, I have to listen to your soccer thing. Now you have to listen to what a jet sweep is. OK, <laughs> so we line up all of our we, we like run pro set. Right. We run. So we run two wide outs. They're one on each side. Wait, we run Pat, tight Pat, end. Pat, before we get into this, I don't think I'm going to appreciate this much. Here, let me let me call in our intern. You know, Cyrus, I think I think he's more of a football guy. Let me let me get let me get him on the line. I think he would really appreciate does he, hearing does he about your, time your jet stream. I don't think uh, he has time. No, it's it's a jet. Listen, a, a, a jet stream, your jet stream. Yeah, listen, Cyrus looked me in the eye the last time I was with him and he said, I'll always be here right here for you. And he touched <laughs> me right on my chest. So, yes, I'm sure he has time to come on and listen to us and help me understand the j- jet stream engine. Uh, Cyrus, Cyrus, can you can you come over here a second? Hi, what's up? <laughs> uh, can you can you help me explain this this thing Pat's talking about with like jets jet streams? It's a jet sweep, Jerry. God okay. damn it! Sorry, I think Sorry. it has to Please. do with steel beams or something and jet fuel. I'm not exactly yeah. <laughs> sure, but I think those two things are are correlated. Cyrus, I think your car hat heart has been on his your hat has been on too tight. <laughs> I think we got to loosen it up a little bit. Let the hair down. How you Sorry. doing, man? Good. Thanks for having me on. Definitely, man. man. Glad to have you on. Uh, actually, we we really wanted to talk to you because uh, we heard that you were down at Atlanta uh, recently, and you, you had a great trip. And uh, you told me like the convention food was amazing. So I, I wanted you to kind of come on and let us know about kind of like the conventions food at Atlanta. You know, do a real play by play like Pat food, did for uh, FoodCon Twenty Twenty. Let's go. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, I go to a lot of Magic tournaments, so 
I eat a lot of convention food, right? And one thing is I'm also vegan and also incredibly lazy. So I don't like bringing my own food. Um, and very often there's not fantastic options. Like I know at Grand Prix Vegas, all of the salads they had had meat in them. And I was like, this is unreal. It's literally, you can't just have a salad that doesn't have meat. Why would the salad not be at least vegetarian? That doesn't even make sense to me. Um, I like I like my salads to you know, I like my salads to be the food that I like to eat, and then also the food that my food likes to eat in a single dish. So I like I kind of like yeah, the, no, the, it, the, the meta there. It's good. Like I understand that salads with like chicken and stuff are good. Like I, I mean, like people who don't eat meat know meat still tastes good. They're not like that. That's not something they don't know. But I, I don't know. It's just, it can be hard to find food sometimes. But they had these like veggie wraps at Grand Prix Atlanta, which surprised me because it was like in the south versus on the west. You know. Uh, but th- mm-hmm. I ate a bunch of those and they were really good. And then they had Skittles and I was eating a bunch of Skittles Wait, all weekend. Oh, not in the wrap. <laughs> no, not in the wrap. Oh, that would be gross. Okay. But that was another food they I've had. Seen, so I basically I've just ate like a bunch of like veggie wraps and Skittles all weekend. And it, it worked out well enough. It was pretty nice. Although they did sell out of Skittles at the very end on Sunday. So I had to buy some other candy because I was just like, I was just there all weekend. So I didn't have a chance to leave and go get anything else. And I was like, well, I guess I'll eat a different kind of candy to fuel this. <laughs> This turn all right. Now, I I have two questions to ask. Two questions. First of all, were you vegan the whole time you were playing at a high-level uh, college football team? Uh, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't play college football. I did track. I was a hammer thrower. Um, oh, okay. And no, one reason that I stopped eating animal products is that I was eating, like, a pound of chicken and a pound of beef every day in college just because I was, like, a uh-huh. D1 track athlete, and I was having to, like, work out a lot, and I'm not, like, naturally that strong, so I, I kind of struggled in the weight room more than other people. And then I graduated, and I was like, man, I've been eating, like, just so much meat. I wonder what it'd be like to be vegetarian, like, just try it out and, like, try foods I hadn't had. Because I grew up Italian eating a ton of meat, you know, and, oh sure, uh, yeah, like, yeah. my family, like, our vegetables we would eat would be, like, we had salad with our, as our side dish, you know, like, or, like, whatever, like, mm-hmm. an appetizer salad. So, I don't know. It got me to try a bunch of different food, and it ended up being pretty easy, and, um... I just decided to stick with it, and then, I don't know, like, recently I've been trying to be vegan. Like, I'm not gonna lie, sometimes I'll have, like eggs or cheese or something but um yeah yeah so that's been going on for a couple a couple of years now i guess almost two years that's interesting i i'm, I'm surprised i didn't know you were vegan i i, I thought i had heard you say you were vegetarian before but yeah i was more recently trying to become vegan yeah that's i mean that's a that's a serious commitment i don't i don't fully uh is it wouldn't be for me but uh i dig that you're doing it man so that's good for you man yeah well definitely is like i mean i don't blame anyone who doesn't want to it, it is like definitely a huge inconvenience and a choice and comes from a place of privilege or whatever. But that's its own separate discussion. So I don't really try to judge people who do eat other things because whatever. Just do the best you can. Yeah. Hey, we're just humans, man. That's all. We're just bags of meat. Yeah. I just figured I'd eaten enough meat for one lifetime growing up and in college. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So second question. Do you think that veggie wraps and Skittles were the the, the reason for your peak performance this weekend or this past weekend? And the the white monster energy drinks. I really like fake sugar, which is ironic because I like to eat fake sugar with candy because they don't make candy that has like aspartamine or whatever in it, which they probably should because I would don't eat they it. Do that, um, yeah. But I, I really do like fake sugar, so um, which also came from college because it's like I was trying to like keep my weight off or on, and then I would just eat a bunch of like drink diet soda if I wanted to have soda, whatever. Um, yeah, so white monster energy drinks, Skittles, and, and veggie wraps from Grand Prix Atlanta—that's the secret to doing well, I guess. Now, I don't know if it's true, but I've heard that your body metabolizes aspartame and other like uh, sugar substitutes as actual sugar, even though like, it's not attached to like a certain calorie uh, amount. It still like metabolizes and will spike your your blood sugar that way. Do you, does it have that effect for you? Uh, 
Probably. I mean, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm not a scientist of energy drinks, but <laughs> I thought like I, Cyrus, Cyrus I thought, is doing blood tests. On I thought, the, yeah, uh... <laughs> I thought like, I, no, 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 no. I, I'm serious. I thought like, I thought the most vegans were really into the into like food sciences. No, dude, I am like not. I do not take great care of my body. <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> I'm, so do you find yourself eating like a lot of like Indian food and stuff? Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm vegan because I care about animals, not because I care about myself. So I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily like, eat the most like, healthy. Like, obviously, yeah. yeah. I'm definitely overweight and everything. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, like, know a lot. I knew a lot about, like, food science when I was in college. But so much of what I know is, like, performance-based like based things with, like, mm. proteins and carbohydrates and, like, timing yeah. insulin and stuff, which is, like... Yeah. Um, so that was mostly just for, like, trying to throw things really far. But now I'm just playing Magic the Gathering. So I do think that people should be a little bit more careful about what they eat during Magic tournaments. Like, I, I, I try to, like... Even if I'm not hungry, make sure I eat something, you know, and, and I drink tons of water, which is, everyone always says that's so cliche, but, um, yeah, I have friends who are like, yo, I haven't eaten all day, and I'm like, what? Yeah, that seems like a bad move. Uh, one more question, as a corollary. Have you tried to hammer throw your GP winning, uh, trophy yet? Uh, no, but is I didn't have a place to put it, so it's just, like, on the floor next to my computer. Shut up! And I, I definitely, like, smashed into it with my water bottle, and I think I might have Cyrus, it. give me your address. I'm gonna fucking mail you a shelf. No, I, I found it. a shelf in my garage. It just has a bunch of stuff on it, so I have to... No, it needs to be in your house, not in your garage. <laughs> I know. I actually don't know where my SCG Open trophy is. <laughs> I think it's also it's like, it's like, uh, it's wait, like, wait, speak, speaking it's of... It's propping up your wait. kitchen table just to even out the legs. <laughs> How how did you do at the GP, by the way, Cyrus? I won. I won the tournament. Well, it, what? it seems like you'll yep, only yep, ever yep, invite yep. me on the podcast what? when I win with tournaments. <laughs> ever since the first one, I was like, hey, I want to come on the podcast. And Pat's like, we better win a tournament. And so I just keep trying to win so you guys keep wanting to hang out with me. It just feel, I just want to be wanted. Oh, I did see that memo that crossed my desk, Pat, that was saying, like, Cyrus needed his own parking space now or something yeah, like so, that. Like, did no you longer, sign off on so, that? Yeah, he's been obviously officially promoted from uh, from intern to part-timer. <laughs> well, so congratulations, true. everyone. Round of applause for Cyrus. Officially on the team, part-time. Uh, no health bennies. We don't do health bennies over here. That's like the, th- that's like the third best thing that's happened to me in the last week. First, the se- that was third. Second was winning the Grand Prix. And first was re-duke Adamy on Facebook and saying, congrats on winning the Grand Prix. That was... No way. That was like, oh my goodness, I finally made it. Shoot. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You could like sell your Facebook profile now for like a for a buttload of cash to somebody oh, just for really the re-duke strange, connection. Yeah, do you want to buy it? We can talk after the show. <laughs> I mean, Pat, Reed won't return Pat's Yeah, straight up. I've actually messaged Reed <laughs> multiple times on, on, on Twitter to be like, hey, like this was like when they had GP Reduke and he was like playing Legacy all day. I'm like, look, this was amazing. I would love for you to come on the podcast, you know, and uh, just like straight up did not answer me at all. And I know all he's doing is making fucking jewelry up in New Hampshire right now. He doesn't have a lot going on. And he couldn't oh, answer me yeah, back. He doesn't seem he like a huge like social it, media guy to me. I messaged him a few times about because he, he's like the best vintage Storm player and I. I like to play that deck as well, and so I messaged him a few times about that, and um, or tweeted at him or whatever, and he replies sometimes. But yeah, well, not to me. I guess I haven't gotten to that level yet. I get it. I get it. it's fine because yeah, he's like he's like, oh, it's crazy Pat again. Yeah. Jesus, I will I've, say- I've literally messaged him <laughs> twice about that. By the way, not crazy and like a, like a, like an alarming amount of times. My first ever uh, Legacy Grand Prix was Grand Prix Vegas, and I went one and four. Um, like two years ago, and I remember you day two, and I thought that was so cool. I was like, I really like looked up to you for that. I was like, oh my god, that's like, I can't believe Pat day two. Like, I, he's like legacy newbie, and he day two with this deck I really like because you played blue red delver, I think, and that was like my favorite yeah, deck. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that was sick. So, 
I don't know. I haven't. I still have not day two Grand Prix Vegas ever. So <laughs> I got that in you. But look, 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 man. To be and this is like uh, in all sincerity, I'm super proud of you, man. I know you were you were bummed to be the runner up at what was it EW or yeah, that was basically Trumpians. the worst I've ever felt about almost anything in my life. And I've had which some is crummy wild. stuff happen, but wow, that felt so bad. Which is wild because like it's a serious. I mean, and I know we said it and like. All the congratulations and people trying to prop you up probably doesn't mean nearly as much to you as as, as it coming from inside yourself. So I get that like that kind of kind of washes over yeah, your back. Well, but man, I was proud of you for that. But I appreciate you that. Are he- hearing you win it, win the GP, man, I was like, I, I knew we knew it was coming because you've been on such a hot streak. You put so much time into the deck. You are like a, you are a master of the, of that format. You are a master of that deck, and it was just it was awesome to see you convert that that uh, into that win, man. And and since like. Honestly, I'm really happy for you, man. I think it's fantastic, and I hope that uh, I hope that you you, you feel good about it, man. Because it's oh an yeah, accomplishment. it feels it's like a dream come true. It still doesn't feel real. I mean, the thing about Eternal Weekend is the reason I was bummed is that I I messed up in the finals and I was just super tired and I was playing on autopilot and I totally missed a, w- a winning line game three of the finals and it's like mm-hmm. I just could not stop thinking about that. And then the open I won, I was like, oh that was cool, but it was a team open, you know. And so I did okay. Like I went eleven four in the Swiss or whatever, which is not a bad record, but it wasn't like. I felt like necessarily like, oh, I won the Open because it's a team one. So I got carried by my teammates at the right spots. Um, but mm-hmm. this one, it, it definitely felt really good. And um, I wasn't expecting to do, to do that well. You know, obviously no one expects to. I mean, just winning 13 out of 15 matches is unreal in the first place. That's wild. I had two buys, though, and I did the last round, which helps. But um, I don't know. Like, I haven't really been winning that much for like the last like six months. I was actually kind of bummed out for a while. And then I did pretty well. Like two weeks ago, I like had taken a two-week break from Magic. And then I made the finals of the Moto PTQ. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that was pretty sick. I was a little, I was like not upset about that because I lost to a terrible matchup in the finals. Like uh, the forcible, the only forcible chalice deck basically in the format, Merfolk. And I was like, all right. Um, but then, yeah, I, f- I felt confident going into the Grand Prix. Like it's always a little nerve wracking, you know, like no matter how well you do in testing, like everyone, I two, three a bunch of leagues testing for this event. And I'm like, that mm-hmm. could just be my tournament. I just go two, three and then I'm done. It's like, well, I hope that doesn't happen. And obviously everything kind of came together at the right time and. That's like anyone who w- who wins a tournament. It's like I made mistakes, but also just like everything kind of lined up the way I needed it to at the right times, and I played w- well enough. Like I, I, I don't. I, mean, I think I played pretty well, but <laughs> I, I think I think in order to to win a GP, you have to be on the uh, like the the positive side of playing for sure. But um, one th- one thing I want to ask you, and and again, my memory of this might be a little convoluted, or it might be things out of out of order, but. I thought I remember you saying like you were a little bit unhappy, or not, maybe not a little bit. Maybe that's understating it, but you can speak for, speak, speak to that. You were unhappy with the way Legacy was kind of the direction it was going in, and you felt the metagame was unsettled or whatever. And you, it seemed like you were going to step back from Storm for a significant amount of time, and then you just come and like it felt like turn around like right away and just go and win a GP with the deck. So can you tell me a little bit about? Sort of where you felt the metagame was going. I know you've probably talked about a lot of this on Twitter, but I'm interested to hear for myself. Yeah, of course. So the thing is, is that I was, I really don't like asymmetrical hate pieces. And I do play a deck that just tends to, when it doesn't do things, there's a lot of games that just tends not to play Magic. Like if you play against a non-blue deck, you're not really playing games of Magic, you know? Like the reason I like playing the deck was playing against interesting blue decks, like Top Miracles, Four Color Control, Delver. Like those are things that play a pretty interesting games against Storm. Um, mm-hmm. I just thought Narset and Karn were so unfun. And part of that's playing the deck I play. So I was thinking, okay, well, everyone's playing Narset and Karn. I don't really like playing Delver just because I feel like Delver doesn't really do an interesting thing. So I built Death mm-hmm. and Taxes and bought the entire deck in paper. I sold my foil brainstorms to buy it and sold, I got some store credit from top fouring SCG Con and used that. Um, and then, 
And I was playing that and having a lot of fun. You know, I like didn't five zero, but I lost playing for five zero. I like made the finals my weekly, and I was like, okay, this is sick. And one of my one of my pretty good friends, uh, Alan, won the pro tour with Death in Texas. So I was talking to him about it and having me help me out. Um, and then the, and then Modern Horizons came out, and then it was like Ren Six and Plague Engineer, and I'm like, mm. oh my gosh. So I'm so frustrated with Narset and Karn, and now it's like I kept trying to play games, and I'm like, well, maybe I'm just not playing that well. Like I know Rug Delver is a good matchup. But I could just not beat Ren and Six and Plague Engineer, and I was like, everything's just a prison deck. I'm getting Ren and Six, I'm getting Plague Engineered. If I play Storm, I'm getting Narsetted and Karned. And then I was like, wait, I'm not getting Narsetted and Karned anymore, though. And everyone's playing this insane Life from Alone card that does nothing against Storm. And I was mm-hmm. like, so at like four in the morning, I like brewed up a Storm list, like just based on my same Storm list I always play. And I was like, I don't know, this seems reasonable. I'll play it in the morning or play it tomorrow. And then I think I like 5 0 and I was like, oh, sick. So, and then I just haven't changed it since then. Uh, I was winning like the most I've ever won. Like I hate tracking data, but sometimes when I'm doing well, I like to look at how much I'm winning. And I was winning like you know like three quarters of my matches almost, and um, just kind of having a pretty decent amount of fun for winning a lot. And uh, I really think games against Delver are pretty interesting to play. Like I-, I don't know. The reason I was down the format is I just like making decisions, and I hate mm-hmm. cards that eliminate your possibility to make decisions, which is hypocritical coming from someone who plays a combo deck. But it's a combo deck that makes a lot of decisions with cantrips and discard. So, like, I like mm-hmm. playing at Sneak and Show, for example. I think it's super interesting because they have soft permission and cantrips, and you're trying to figure out if they're going to combo or if they're going to counter you or what, what. Like, that to me, that's fun. But I hate playing against, like, Chalice and Narset and Karn because I just want to play my cards. And, like, but my cards, one reason is usually if I get to play my cards, I win because the nature of Storm. So, I, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I was pretty bummed on that. And then, um, and then I, I thought this was just the best Storm I'd ever been positioned, basically, since I started playing it. Wow. Like, People are just in like this mid-range arms race where everyone's playing like so many of my opponents. Like I had my opponents were like playing hex drinkers and using all of their mana every turn to level it up, and I'm like, this is unreal. <laughs> I'm like, this is not how you beat Storm, and that happened yeah. in the Grand Prix a few times, and it's like that. I don't know. Like if people just want to try to like go over the top of each other with fair cards, like Dark Rituals is obviously going to be extremely powerful. So um, I-, I think I know the deck pretty well, obviously, and then it was definitely the right weekend to play the deck. I. I- it felt even like even better than it did at Eternal Weekend. Like it just felt like the best deck. I'm surprised you and you know I'm surprised you felt so good about the deck with such an outdated list. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. So uh, the SCG Open, SCG Syracuse, I think my list. Um, mm-hmm. Someone playing my list made the finals of the tournament, and then on coverage, uh, they were like kind of criticizing the list. They were like, "Oh, this list is outdated. It has like not <laughs> enough basics, and it has like Xanisform. That card sucks." And I'm just like, dude, what? It like made the finals of the SDG Open, and I made the finals of the Moto PTQ that same day. And I'm like, and I like work on this list a lot. Like I put a ton of time into it. And I was like, how? Yeah. You know, that's just their job. They're just doing commentary and like just yeah. saying things. You know, that not everyone always thinks like super critically about what they're saying before they say it. Just because part of being a broadcaster is you need to just fill airtime. But I was like, how is this? I, I literally outdated? never think about what I'm saying. And I didn't change that list. I played the exact same outdated list, and then. Oh, won the Grand Prix, so uh, <laughs> I'm not going to change it for uh, Eternal Weekend either. I'm going to play the exact same list there, probably. And it's like, oh, that's fantastic. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I think people try to get too cute. Like people want to like change things and like have spicy tech. Like during the weekend, someone was like, "Are you playing anything spicy?" Like Grave Titan, and I'm like, "What? No." I'm like, I think that, like you should just play stock lists that like execute their game plan well. And if like mm-hmm. you shouldn't try to cheese people out. Like I think if you have to cheese people out with something besides like Empty the Warrants is such a low impact card, but that, that's a different situation. That you yeah. should just play like a different strategy, you know? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just don't like transformational sideboard plans or like cheesing people out. I like to just play stock lists and like play all four ofs and just. I think like people try to get too cute with their deck building. And and part of that is maybe a weakness in my deck building. I hate 
try going out trying out crazy things but i've played lots of different things and i think you should just play good cards also the benefit is if you're the person that everyone's net decking from you're not technically net decking (laughs) i know someone was like uh, matt sperling (laughs) tweeted out my list because matt sperling and i are good friends right because lsv was asking for a storm list and sperling tweeted my list to him and then someone was like, this just looks like a stock list. And then Sperling and I were talking, and, and we're both trying to be a little bit less toxic on Twitter, because uh, for anyone that follows Matt Sperling, he can be a little uh, rambunctious, we'll say. And so he was, we met, we're, but we're good friends, so we're tweeting, and then he was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, it's fucking stock, because I made it that way, like, it's my list. And he was like, yeah, but we shouldn't say that, because that's kind of mean, so we didn't say it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever spoken to Matt Sp- Sperling or anything. But someone like mentioned his tweet, and I just realized that I'm blocked by him, and I don't think we've ever interacted. <laughs> but I probably was just some asshole to some random person who happened to someone be Matt probably Sperling. Just quote, tweeted you saying that's that show and tells the hardest part of the deck, and Sperling just, <laughs> yeah, just like just proactively prematurely you. banned yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna proactively get behind that. Yeah, I mean he has like I a do million that Twitter followers, so he probably just has like <laughs> he probably just has such a big feed that anytime anyone says something that's just like not something he wants to read, he'll probably just be like whatever, block you because. He has I, so many people <laughs> tweeting at him every day and stuff. He probably just got tagged in something that was taken out of context or something. I, I very actively block and or mute accounts all the time. And it's, like, not personal at all. It's just, like, if people are – if someone, like, uh, is constantly retweeted onto my feed but I don't follow them and don't really care what they have to say. Not that I'm against it or whatever. I just – it's just not, like, applicable to me. I will, like, often block those accounts. And then I've had people come up and say, like, why did you block me? I'm like, I don't know. Like, so one of your friends is, like – tweet retweeting you too much and i'm just sick of seeing it and they're like well you can do this to avoid that i'm like nah i'm, I'm just gonna block you it's just easier yeah, i don't need to like take up i don't need to take pat is the yeah pat pat that's like the most boomer thing i've ever heard you know there's this function that does exactly what you want to do without any of the negative consequences no nah, i'm there's good no, i'm good well, with here's keep the doing. thing here's the thing no no, no. and i'm gonna t- i'm telling you this right now there's no negative consequences if someone's blocked you or mute you on twitter it really shouldn't get to you because, like, it's it's a website and it's it's so irre- it's so irrelevant the things that we do on there that like that it's not something to get butthurt over. That sounds like and someone just, who doesn't have a lot of Twitter. Uh, it's, just saying, it's <laughs> <laughs> nothing important happens on Twitter. Say, I'm sorry. Say this, this say that to all the people who didn't who didn't get jobs because they posted their frat parties on Twister. Twitter. Twister. Now <laughs> you sound like a freaking boomer. Those people are stupid. that Twister thing. You kids are all click clacking always about on your phones. I had a bachelor party, and there were no photographs were taken at the bachelor party. What happens at the bachelor party stays exactly. at the bachelor party. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Well, let's let's talk about the GP, Cyrus, because I definitely want to get into that. We're thirty minutes in the podcast and really haven't talked much about what happened there, um, other than the fact that you that you took it down. So, why don't you run us through your tournament? Yeah. So, um, is that interesting for you? I mean, like, if you want to, I just I'm really interested. No, there's there some was no pretty coverage. interesting was... games. It, the tournament started off pretty interestingly. Well, um, <laughs> I. I was having fun with just the troll cast where all these people tuned in for Cyrus, the great GP winner, and we're just <laughs> withholding the information. That's not the whole point of this podcast, right? Like, it's just, it's just two yeah, guys. It from, is just one long con for just to like it's just, people think that we, 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 like, like, know people don't come here for like the legacy content necessarily. <laughs> they come here because they love your personality. That's why I listen to the podcast. Like at a certain point, there's only so much like talking about legacy you can do. The format changes like once every freaking six months at the most. And so it's like I don't know. I listen every week because I love I love both of your personalities. So it's like I haven't listened to the art episode yet, but I'm looking forward to that. It seems insane. Uh, <laughs> I think it's our most by bi- bi- like uh, what is it partisan uh, episode it, it ever? Definitely <laughs> has split people. Yeah, but I you know what? 
Tom Hep gave it a really great compliment, and that was all I needed to hear. So I feel like it's a win for me. Tom Hep is great. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I flew into Atlanta from California, which is a pretty long flight, you know. Um, whatever. Uh, I got there the afternoon before the pre- PTQ because I didn't want to be super tired, like time zone. But I still was pretty tired. I played the PTQ. I get paired against Joe Brennan uh, round one. For those that don't know Joe, he's um, from New Jersey. Really good Miracles player. Uh, probably the best vintage player out there right now or uh, up there. Um, so I, I'm big into vintage. And so we know each other from that. He top four is top eights wins every event for vintage. Um, but he doesn't use a lot of social media. So if, if you haven't heard of Joe Brennan, that's just because he's kind of off the grid, but wonderful human being, wonderful magic player. Uh, and he just absolutely crushes me. He's playing counterbalance miracles. And I think he has three forcibles in his opening hand, both games. Um, and, I, and he just like plays a counterbalance and plays Vendillion click. And at one point misdirected a thought season. I, I just lost. Um, so it started off 0-1 in PTQ and they're kind of, they're single limb. So that's kind of a bummer. Uh, and then I pick up a loss to Sneak and Show and win four of the other matches. Uh, I was a little tilted, I remember, like, my last round, because I, like, played against Moonstompy, and, like, I thought sees their Chalice, and then they draw Chalice and play it for turn, and then the only way I lose is if their next card is also Chalice. <laughs> uh, oh, and then they go, they have to play, it can't be Trinisphere, it has to be, like, Chalice, because they have to go Chandra minus Chalice on zero. Uh, Chandra Torch of Defiance is, like, their only out to beat me there, basically. Uh, and they did, and I was like, well, the top two cards of your deck were both Chalice. Uh, I guess it could have been transfer also, though, so, you know, whatever. Um, but then I ended up winning the match, and I felt a little bad for being a little salty, and I talked to my opponent, and I was like... I wasn't, like, mean to them, I was just like... I was like, three Chalices in a row? Like, come on. Like, I mean, when you draw th- three of your best card in a row, you know you're lucky. Like, that happens to me, too. But um, So I was, like, kind of thinking that, I was, I felt like I was kind of a jerk, and I felt a little bad. Um, but he was... We were cool. We talked about it, and I, I wasn't, like, mean to him, but... Um, and then for the actual Grand Prix, I had two buys from Planeswalker points because I play a lot of Magic tournaments, so that's a benefit to having those. Uh, and I get paired against the same Sneak and Show player that beat me in the PTQ, and I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> well, I know this person knows what I'm playing. I know that their deck's a lot better against mine if they know exactly what I'm playing because they can just go for it early with a Gristlebrand. Um, but I ended up winning that one 2 which I, I think is a pretty good matchup for me just because um, I think discard kind of... like I think people play the matchup wrong from the Storm side. People try to race... And I don't really think that's the mm-hmm. correct thing to do. Because if you've ever played Sneak and Show, you know how hard it can be to beat discard spells. Um, yep. And so kind of how I play the matchup is that I'm just going to cast all of my discard spells, right? Like, I have eight discard spells and 12 cantrips to find them. So, like, I'll do things like Infernal 2 to reveal Thoughtseize. Thoughtseize you twice. Um, and so usually the only way I lose is, like, a turn one or two show and tell. Or then, like, top decking sneak attack, top decking crystal banner, Emrakul. Um, so I try to kind of take a control role, and I think that discard's a lot better than counter magic in combo mirrors, because I can either take their combo or their counter magic and set the pace of the game. Whereas if I'm discarding you a bunch, forceful loses a lot of value, because what are you going to do? Pick, you can't really pitch excess show-and-tells or cantrips, because you need your cantrips to recover from discard, and you need your show-and-tells because I'm going to be discarding copies of, of that card. So uh, I generally feel pretty comfortable in that matchup, but their best hand... I mean, you play single show, Jerry, you know, it's like their best hands... I can't really, because yeah. I don't play forceful, they're just like... Show and tell and aggressive brand. Okay, good game. Um, but this time it was yep. kind of just bread and butter. I uh, at one point my opponent decided not to sneak attack in Gristlebrand because they wanted to leave up Flusterstorm um, off a of Lotus Petal, mm. and I think it was pretty close because they had already used their land drop. Uh, and then I ended up just having a hand that could beat <laughs> could beat Flusterstorm. Like I had you know bread and butter. That was kind of my whole tournament. Like just doing what Storm does, which is cast like two cantrips, two discard spells, and then Infernal Tutor for Pass and Flames. I was just kind of doing that every game, all tournament. Like just exactly how you'd want to drop. Uh, games with this deck, explaining people how they work. So, I was that. That's an interesting play because I, I mean, I, it would depend on how many Force of Wills and how many Lotus Petals they they would have used. Because theoretically, they could have just 
uh, drawn either Force of Will or Lotus Petal. Yeah, they Petal had three of each left. Magic up. Um, but they said they were kind of new to Legacy. You know, they were kind of a PTQ grinder. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it afterwards, and I honestly didn't know the right play. So I, I, I can't blame them. Like, it's like, it feels kind of bad to yeah. tap out for the Flusterstorm you have in your hand um, in order to, right. you know, because it's like so rare that Storm's going to be able to beat you through a Flusterstorm like on turn two or whatever I did, turn three. Uh, but I was able to, because well, I beat him through Force plus Fluster, yep. two discards into a combo. Um, yeah, I mean, also depending on the life total he's on, it sometimes it's also just the right play to swing for seven and not draw the cards if it because you know going to like twenty seven puts you pretty far outside uh, a lot of storm hands. Yeah, if you have like one counter spell, I think people overrate life gain pretty heavily against storm. I think that what's more relevant is life loss. Like I win games because my opponents go down to like four, but if storm can deal twenty, it can usually deal forty plus. Um, but anyway, so I, I, I uh, so I start off three. I was feeling good about that, and then I'm watching matches around me, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, there's someone playing freaking humans. The Eddie, the Eddie's more special, and I'm like, well, I hope I don't get paired against that. That would suck. And then I sit down and I'm paired against that person, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, this is why my tournament's gonna go and paired against freaking legacy humans, which is obviously a terrible matchup. And I'm talking to my opponent, and they're like, hey, your name sounds pretty familiar, and I'm like, wow, what a weird coincidence. I did not want them to know I was playing Storm. Um, and I was like, that's so weird. I wonder if we have a mutual friend or something. <laughs> and anyway, so game one, I like thought sees the Thalia and then they just play three champion of the parishes and kill me. And I'm like, Oh, but what I did that game is I went snow covered Island ponder and they were like, Oh my God, not this deck. Cause obviously snow control is great against the humans deck. Cause of like all the removal and Kelgon's command and red and six and stuff. And then I go snow covered right. swamp thought sees you see, I'm dead on board or whatever concede. And and my opponent's like, I don't know how to sideboard. And they're like, they're like, I'm just going to think you're playing snow control. Because of course you would. That's the most like logical choice. Yeah. So anyways, they go game two, turn two, meddling mage. And I'm like, oh God. And then they name, um, they name Fatal Push. Because they think I'm playing snow control because of my snow basics. <laughs> my snow basics bluff them. Right. And then, and then I win the game because of that. And then we go to game three and they're on the play and they go turn two, meddling mage again. And they name Infernal Tutor. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, that's the right name. And I have my one of dark petition. And I, and I go, ritual, oh. ritual, dark petition, LED, pass and flames, win the game. And I'm like, I, I don't even know how I just won that match. That matchup's one of the worst matchups in Legacy, you know, for me, is, is the humans matchup. Because they have four meddling mages main deck. And four thalias, and they kill you so much faster than death and taxes. So I'm just feeling like, okay, one, never cutting snow-covered lands. These are in my deck forever now. That was that, that was sick. <laughs> um, because of Arkham's... Man, that's a crazy domino effect. Because of Arkham's Astrolabe uh, being printed, your snow-covered basics suddenly have so much more bluff potential. Well, I always played the Snow Swamp because there used to be that Into the North Turbo Depths deck. And we both play like four Thought Seas, four Duress, four... And, and, and Snow-Covered Swamp. Um, and one time ever that won me a game because my opponent thought I might be able to make a Merit Lage. So rather than playing Athalia, they held up Wasteland for a turn and then I won the game. Um, so I... I I don't know. I think it's just correct to do so, but I think the bluffing potential is definitely going up. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm 4 0. I beat someone who'd already beaten me, and I beat a terrible matchup. It literally cannot get harder from here. So I sit down and I paired against the Moon Stompy player who top four the PTQ that I was in. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they know I'm playing Storm because we have a mutual friend. Um, and then I win the die roll, thank God. And they just show me their hand. It's just a turn one turn sphere. And they're like, I thought them. And I'm like, oh my God, thank God. And then they kind of just break off and I'm able to, to win the game. Uh, game two, I have a hand that can... I have a really good hand. I'm like, turn one combo kill, can beat, can beat Chalice, can beat Leyla in the Void, can beat Blood Moon, uh, can make Goblins through a Stab Clan Berserker, which isn't winning, but it's, it's pretty likely... Or it's more likely to win than other things, you know? 
And then my opponent just goes to Charmant Transfer again. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> this is not, this is not, I'm not going to win this game. Uh, and I lose that. And then game three, we have this weird game where they keep a hand that just goes turn one Blood Moon, turn two Goblin Threat um, on the draw. And I can get there sometimes, but I kept my hand based off the fact that it had a basic island in it. And I get in this weird position where I like um, Hercules recall myself and then like, and then I'm able to like combo off because of bouncing four artifacts with that. And it was like, well, two life and it was super crazy. Like I, they had to break off. So now I'm, I'm, what do you call it? Uh, five and O oh, and I've beaten like three reasonably tough matchups, two horrible ones. And I'm like, okay, feeling good. So I sit down, I'm paired against someone and they go freaking uh, mold of five and then I duress them and they go, okay, in response, enlightened tutor off Tundra. And I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? And then they get recipes. <laughs> Rip yeah. Helm. Yep. And Rip I'm like, helm. and then they show me a force. Appeal. <laughs> Dude, that's like a popular deck now. I don't know uh, what Rem happened. Six. He's going against the Rem6 piles. <laughs> is yeah, that why? Oh, that makes six. sense. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so I have to play against the Seeking Show of the Bait people, the person that beat me, humans, Moonstompy, and now Rip Helm. And, like, for those that don't know, like, Miracles is one of Storm's worst matchups, and Rip Helm is just harder because they have Enlightened Tutor to, like, protect their counterbalance from Thoughtseize. <laughs> and they have, like, Arcane Laboratory and Rest in Peace and that combo kill. Um, and then, so, and then my opponent, I ended up winning that, winning that game because my opponent woke into five. And uh, I did have my Wonder Petition in my hand, and then I brainstormed away and drew it again, but it was okay because I was able to win anyways. But that's, like, my worst card against Rest in Peace, obviously, except for Pass in Flames. All right. Cyrus, I have a theory, and now, now hear me out here. Uh, theoretically, you know, based on just how unlucky these matchups have been, it, it it's it's beyond chance. I'm thinking that maybe you winning this GP sets us on this uh, this terrible path that uh, leads to the end of the world, and time travelers came back in time to fix the pairings to prevent you uh, from winning. That's uh, okay because I won the Grand Prix. So I don't really care what happens to the world now, but. <laughs> all right straight from the horse's mouth but Got my it. opponent also has like a million extra counter spells like dovin's veto fluster storms uh they have veil of summers protecting them from discard and then i kind of make a joke that i'm like I-, I win the match right and then i'm like i just do really well uh and then i make a tweet i'm like here are my first four matchups of the day sneak and show player who beat me yesterday humans moon stompy rip helm bant uh with fail summer uh just so in case anyone was wondering i'm 6-0 at the grand prix like of- like i wouldn't expect to be 6-0 from those matches it was kind of like a troll tweet um so it's so all luck me for day two um and then mostly just, and this is when the good matchups started. You're six to Grand Prix. You're playing Storm. It's like, you're, for those that don't know, like your best matchups with Storm are like Delver, Turbo Depths, and the four color control decks. And so I just go uh, two O Turbo Depths, two one four color Snow. Uh, playing for nine O, I play against Austin Blackner from the Legacy Pit, um, who is later on the finalist of the Grand Prix. Playing for mm-hmm. so he's the last person I played on day one and day two. I beat <laughs> oh, him two O. He's on Teamer Delver, uh, and then start off day two, two O Teamer Delver, two O Teamer Delver. At this point, I'm six no in game games against Delver because that matchup is just so good for Storm, especially with Renesix. And then I'm playing my first win it in because I'm the last 11 0 player. And my opponent sits down and goes, turn one Goblin Guide, attack you. And I'm like, holy crap, what? I'm like, I'm like, my first, my win it in at Legacy Grand Prix, I just have to beat Burn. That's like my best matchup. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I thought he's their Eidolon, and then I cast two Preordains, two Ponders, and two Brainstorms. I don't find Infernal Tutor, and they just cast Lava Spikes and kill me. Uh, and then game two, I have a hand that beats an Eidolon and casts a Preordain, and then I cast a Preordain, and they don't play an Eidolon, and they turn three me, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> like, that was my first loss at the Grand Prix is to burn, playing my first win and in. Like, are you kidding me? And my opponent was really nice, but they slow rolled a Fire Blast, so I, like, was at, I was at, like, four, I was at, like, four life, or I was at five, then I fetch and cast a Cantrip, and then they're like, okay, and then I, like, cast something else, and they're like, what's your life total? And I'm like, four, and they're like, oh, okay, Fire Blast you, and I'm like, really? Come on, like... 
You're going to slow roll a fire blast at like round 12 of a Grand Prix at table one. Like that just seems kind of BM to me. And they were like, I, I didn't say that, but I was just like, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and they were like, honestly, I was kind of just not even paying attention. You were casting so many spells and I didn't realize you were at four. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> whatever. Um, but they top four of the Grand Prix, which is cool. Um, Wait, what round is it now? <laughs> that was round 12. Uh, he just didn't even, he was like, he was like, well, I just wanted to play around something. And I'm like, I don't have any mana up. Wouldn't it make more sense to put like, wouldn't it make more sense to fire blast me and I'm tapped out if you're going to play around something? And he was like, yeah, I don't really know. I, I don't really know what his response was, but um, I, I was just like, okay, whatever. And then I play against turbo depths and I just cannot fucking draw or freaking draw an infernal tutor. Uh, and I have this weird situation game two where I, I lost game one because I just kind of bricked off. And then game two, my opponent ta- taps thespian stage, basic forest by you and cast Ashiok dream render which is a new Planeswalker from um, Modern Horizons, so relatively new. And then they go plus targeting you, and I veil a summer of the activation, which is a standard interaction, uh, to protect my graveyard. Um, because I, it says I can't be the target of blue or black spells until I gain Hexproof from blue and black. And that protects the one preordain in my graveyard. I go to my turn, cast Pass in Flames, preordain into exactly Infernal Tutor and win the game. And then I'm like, hey, wait, how'd you cast that card that costs one and then double blue-black? <laughs> And they're like, oh, well, it's hybrid. And I'm like, so I tapped a forest, a bayou, and a thespian stage. And I'm like, it's not that kind of hybrid. That's not how that works. <laughs> so I call a judge, and the guy's like, I know this guy. He's actually, I played him at Grand Prix Seattle. He's the first time I ever day two to Grand Prix. I played him for my wooden in for day two. Um, and he was like, yeah, it's hybrid. And I'm like, I'm trying to explain to him what mana his spell cast, cause, costs. Because he's acknowledging that that's the mana he tapped. And then the judge is like, oh, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, okay, he doesn't even get, like, a warning? Like, that was, like, a com- completely game-altering play. Yeah. Uh, and then the judge is like, no, whatever. And the guy's like, no, I really did cast it that way. That was my fault. And the judge is like, whatever, it's fine. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but and then I end up winning the match um, with just kind of some good draws. Because it's a pretty good matchup for me. So then I, I think I'm locked for top eight. Jarvis and I do the math. And I'm the one seed, and I should be able to draw in. Uh, and I get the pair down against uh, what it looks like Miracles. Uh, and I'm so nervous at this point. Like, I, I just, like, come on. Like, I, I can't lose here. Like, it's around 14 of the Grand Prix. This is unreal. Um, also, my opponent was super nice, the Turbo Dust player. I wasn't, like, mad at them or anything. I was just, mm-hmm. like, when you're playing round 13 of the Grand Prix, you assume your opponent knows what cards are in their deck and how to cast yeah. their spells. And so when someone is playing a card that is, like, one of the best cards in their entire deck against me, um, I, I assume that, you know, it, it just felt a little fishy to me, even though I'm really happy that, that he, he ended up top eighting. And I don't think he was trying to cheat, but... Um, it just made me feel a little weird because it's like that I would have lost the game because of that. And you need it, to be vigilant too, right? Like it's protecting your, yourself and your the time you've invested in the tournament yeah. as well. And I just was kind of not even paying attention. For me, it was just like holy crap! My opponent just cast Ashiok against me. What is happening? I wasn't even really thinking about how they couldn't cast it, you know. Um, but then I remember thinking about how they'd missed a bunch of land drops, and so then the land they finally revealed off Dark Confidant was Forest, and I was like, that doesn't cast Ashiok, so. Um, yeah, but I, I ended up just having, like, just textbook hands against Jeskai Control. I think it was Mentor. I thought it was Miracles at the time. Or just, like, Thoughts use you tight twice, Abrupt Decay, your your rest in peace, win the game. I do remember game two, my opponent tapped out for Jace, and I could have it, I had an Ad Nauseam line from, like, 15, and that was, like, the exact situation I was in at Eternal Weekend, and I'm like, oh my god, this time, do not let it brick. And then it didn't brick, and, uh, round 15, I ID'd with Jarvis and drew into top eight, so, uh, I was, like, just crying at this point. Like, I didn't even, I mean... I just didn't even know how to feel. Like, that's just totally a dream come true. Like, it's such a long weekend. It's like, it's like, even when I'm playing on Moto, how often do you win 13 out of 15 matches? It just yeah, kind of felt pretty insane. Unreal. And I had to get so lucky and have good pairings. Um, 
And then, yeah, so then it's the top eight. I'm the one seed uh, because I got the pair down and I won. So I was 13-1-1 in the Swiss. And I had good breakers because uh, I think one, two, three, four of my opponents top eighted. Um, so, yeah, good, good pairings uh, yeah. or good breakers. And I pair against Tariq Patel uh, in the, the quarterfinals. And uh, we'd actually gotten dinner together the night before and talked a lot about the Hogak versus Storm matchup because he was playing Hogak. And he also top eighted Syracuse. And this was all while he was on his residency. He's on. He's a doctor, and so he's on his residency right now. And he had a two-week break from his residency, and so in that two, he wasn't even playing Magic. He did not play Hogak and Modern. He was just like in his two-week break from his residency. He top eighted the Open and the Grand Prix, uh, having not even really practiced. So that was insane. Wow. Um, but that match was just super good for me. So I, I think I just cast an Adonism or something and, and won both games because um, Hogak's worst matchup in like Modern is Storm, and Modern Storm is a much worse deck than Legacy Storm. So it, it was just pretty good for me. Um, and then I got my rematch against the Burn player who had beaten me, and I was I was pretty stoked for him. He was a super nice guy, and like the slow roll thing was obviously not intentional. I realized, you know, even though at the time I was a little put off by it, just because I felt like he was, I, I just felt like it was a little. But I, I should give people the benefit of the doubt more often, I guess. But um, yeah. So, anyways, game one I thought season idol on, and then win the game on turn three or four, which is kind of how the match goes. And then we're and go to game two, and my hand is insane. It's like an answer for Eidolon plus an Infernal Tutor and a Lion's Eye Diamond. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this game is I I had. And then I'm like, all I need is a Rich One. I just win the game. And then he goes turn one Goblin Guide attack trigger reveal Dark Ritual. And then at that moment, I knew I was making the finals of the Grand Prix. I was like, holy shit! I can't believe this is real. Uh, I turn one my <laughs> opponent, you know, in my semifinals win. We couldn't ask for anything better. Um, and then I watch. I'm just sitting there. I have like an hour to kill because the quarterfinals match hasn't even finished yet. And I'm already in the finals. So, so they just they, they, the way that it broke out is that I got to watch the quarterfinals. Like, they just started my match because the quarterfinals match on the other side of the bracket was still going. So anyways, I have to watch uh, the quarterfinals. Uh, and then I watch Austin uh, beat Turbo Depths. And I totally thought the Turbo Depths player was going to win. So game one, the Turbo Depths player just makes a merit lage. Game two, Austin draws his Caracas, which is the worst pace to draw it, right? And then he punts. He freaking... Uh, his opponent's like, okay, wasteline your Caracas... And Austin's like, okay, crop rotate my Caracas. And the Turbo Death player is like, uh, make a Merit Lage? Because uh, the, the, the Turbo Death player knew about the, um, what do you call it, the crop rotation. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I'll just make a Merit Lage in response. And if Austin would have just held the crop rotation, he couldn't have done that. And I was oh, like, yes. and, yeah. and the, the Turbo Death player had already won game one. So I was just like, oh, so I'm going to play against Turbo Death in the finals of the Grand Prix, whatever. Uh, and then Austin just goes and casts Brainstorm uh with no no cards in hand, basically. What, what he could have done is he could have guaranteed flipped his Delvers, and then Austin flips his Delver, kills his Merit Lage opponent, because he had two Delvers, and his opponent was at three. So, And I was like, okay, we're going to game three, and then Austin's opponent bolts to five, and Austin draws to Caracas and just totally dismantles him. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, um, because I had 2-0 beaten Austin in the Swiss, round nine, but he's really good. Like, Austin's a really good Delver player, and also I highly recommend the Legacy Pit, obviously, because um, you get to watch him play with Delver. And he, he, he's really good, and we talked about the matchup a ton. Because he didn't know exactly what cards were great against me, because he had like eleven cards he could board in, which mm-hmm. is a lot from Delver. Um, and he had like I knew he had Null Rod and Cinder Vines and Grafdigger's Cage and like all this stuff, force, multiple Force Negations and Surgicals and stuff. And so we were talking about the matchup. Um, and uh, yeah, so I get paired against him. Uh, I win game one, which is kind of like a normal Storm hand. I think that he had to like. He, it was kind of like where the difference between old Delver and new Delver is that he kind of tapped out for a hex drinker and a true name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I was able to just like, I kind of just thought seized him, his forcibles and won the game. Game two, he like, people think like, it looks like he won the game because he went like Grafter's Cage into Null Rod into Cinder Vines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, I actually just never drew an Infernal Tutor that entire game. 
So oh. I, I couldn't have beaten the goldfish. Um, and then game three, I keep the hand of Dark Ritual, Thought Seize, Empty the Warrens, Four Lands. And I'm like, that's just a hand you can, I think you keep, you know? And I'm like, I Thought Seize my opponent, and I'm like, if he doesn't have a creature in his hand, I think I win this Grand Prix, right? Because whatever, six goblins or whatever is going to get there uh, on turn three. And I Thought Seize him, and his hand is like for, is like Force of Will, Daze, Spell Pierce, Spell, spell Snare, Spell Snare, Land, Land, or something. Jeez. And I'm like... And I'm like, holy shit! I just won this Grand Prix. Like, <laughs> like my, my opponent just shows me their hand of five counter spells, two lands, and I, I just had at that point I know I've won the Grand Prix. Wow! Uh, as long as my opponent doesn't draw like exactly a creature, basically, mm-hmm. um, and they don't, and then I go to my turn, I bluff a Dark Ritual, force them to daze it, and with knowing that I can turn three, make eight goblins. Mm-hmm. So I go to my turn, turn three, I make eight goblins, and I just tell him we both know he only has one out. He has one engineering explosives, and I'm like, okay, don't draw the engineering explosives. And he's like, presents his deck, he shuffles. And he's like, no, this is it right here, because you cut me to it. <laughs> and then we're just both sweating it out, because that's his only out at that point. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't draw the engineer explosives. I had to sweat a ponder. Uh, he bricks, and I, I win the Grand Prix. And it's just... Wow. It was just... It was unreal. So, um, yeah, I mean, I went 8-1 and one again in games against Delver. Um, I didn't lose a game until the finals against Delver. And then my only loss in the Swiss was to burn. So, wow. uh, yeah, so th- it was just totally unreal feeling. I'm like, everyone comes and hugs me. I shake Austin's hand and do pictures of the trophy and stuff. So, yeah. Sorry for rambling about the tournament. No, I, I, know, no, no, I don't know no, everyone no, likes hearing no, that. This is actually right the first here. time I've talked about it. <laughs> that's that's what we call a bias. I do have one more good story from the Swiss. <laughs> so, um, I'm, it's the last undefeated... Well, I guess I was the last undefeated... Or, like, I was at table one most of the weekend after round, like, five or something. Um, just because I had a pretty good start and I had good breakers. But I'm. it's round 11, and we're the very last two undefeated players. And I my opponent is on the draw, I think. Uh, they are, like, on the play. Maybe. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I thought season them on turn two, and they're like, my hand's really good. And they're like, I never lose this matchup. And Okay, I'm just going to say, everyone <laughs> always tells me. They're like, I never lose the storm. And I'm always just like, yeah, that's... <laughs> not me, not me, because I say I always Same, lose the storm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now, I don't know. I just think a lot of people have like that friend that plays storm with their local game store, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, and it's just, yeah, it's just bad I, at it. Well, I don't say they're bad, but like, the, my opponent was like, I never lose the storm. And I'm, they were like, and I was like, okay, whatever. And they show me their hand, and it's three force of wills, a daze, and a spell snare on turn two and i just thinking i'm just looking at my hand and i'm like you can't I'm like, I'm like my opponent can't ever win this game i just have pass and flames and tendrils in my hand and they don't have a creature and then i just and then i just thought <laughs> them like three times then cast pass and flames they have to force it or whatever and then i cast again and then kill them and i'm like i'm like and they're like and then it, that was when they were like i never lose this matchup they're like i always beat my friend at my local store and i'm like yeah okay good luck in the rest uh they were super nice i just thought it was kind of funny it's like, just like well it's like yeah, okay. You beat you like your buddy who like has proxy to storm deck. You beat him when you test when your game like when you're playtesting, but you're talking about like a guy who like puts has put a ton of time into this deck and it's just not the same level of competition there. Yeah, I'm not trying to brag too much or anything. I just no, think that's like but... not a good mindset to have. I think people like always just assume they're gonna win a matchup and I try not to do that either. Like that was like I mean, I lost to Burn, like that's well, a great matchup. But I just thought it was kinda of funny. Like so many people thought sees their opponent and see five counter spells on turn two and they're like, I can't ever win this game. And for me, it's like, I just try to, like, write down their hand and, like, settle into my chair. Like, I'm like, we're going to be here for a while, but I know that I can beat this. And so many people are, like, kind of defeatist, like, on themselves or, like, have, like, low confidence or, like, oh, I just lose because my opponent's hand. But that's not really how magic works, you know? Like, you have the tools to beat anything. Um, And I was just kind of making a joke. Like, my opponent was super nice and played very well. Um, I wasn't trying to, like, give him a hard time or anything. But uh, Cyrus, I don't think you have a mean bone in your body, man, for what it's worth. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I don't communicate things the best because I talk really fast and, like, don't always think about what I'm going to say. So sometimes I feel like I put down my opponents a little bit, and I really don't mean to do that because all of my opponents were super nice and good at magic all weekend. 
uh, and we played a lot of I played a lot of really interesting games against good players. But I just remember thinking about I don't know I just always think about how people all the time are like I never lose a storm and I'm like it's just weird how everyone always tells me that and I'm like and then they lose it's like <laughs> so you have to lose a storm sometimes. no one ever loses to storm yet it's one of the most winning decks in the floor yeah or like I remember on um, <laughs> yeah it's actually the tide for the deck that's won the most grand prix now I tied it up um, with three there's wow. three grand prix wins for storm uh, and three for miracles um, and then. Um, I forget exactly what I was going to say, but yeah, so that was my, that was my tournament. Um, 13, one, one in the Swiss three owed the, the top eight. Um, yeah. And I qualified for, uh, the next three players tours. Whoa. Um, because normally top eighting a grand prix qualifies you for the next PT. Right. Yeah. Um, but now they changed it. So I think starting with grand prix Ghent, which is the GP before this one, um, the winner gets invited to the pro tour finals, which is like, they're doing regional pro tours now. So there's a America's, Asia and Europe one, and then the the best performers at all of those go to the PT finals every quarter or whatever. So mm-hmm. I auto qualified for the PT finals, and then every PT finals competitor qualifies for the next regional PT. So I'm qualified for the next three Pro Tours. Oh, that's which is awesome! Insane. Um, okay, I remember what I was going to say now. I, I know I'm rambling a lot, but um, that's why you invited me on, I guess. You've, uh, earned, it. You've earned it, bro. <laughs> so go people always it. just tell me Storm is a bad deck. Like I remember on Twitter, like it's kind of a meme, like kind of a joke, you know. But I know that like Max Gilmore was like shout out to Max in his blog, like uh, the Min Max blog, Max 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 Sorshin, it's a good friend of mine. He was just like, yeah, Storm sucks. He's like, I just think if Storm players played a different deck, they would just win more. Like, why not just work on a different deck? And I'm like, I don't even really know how you can say that's true. Like, I don't want to brag too much, <laughs> but I have the best legacy results of any legacy player over the last twelve months by like mm-hmm. a pretty wide margin. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I've twelve three, I've twelve three and one and eleven four to Grand Prix. I won the only Open I played. It made the finals of Eternal Weekend won a challenge, uh, made the finals of the PTQ. Like, I, what? Pl- no one is winning with any deck more than I'm winning with this deck. And it's not like I'm out here winning other tournaments with other decks in other formats. Like, mm-hmm. the deck is just really, really powerful. Like, you just do an inherently just broken, busted thing. Like, almost every game you play, if your opponent doesn't have a lock piece, you're going to cast two thought seasons and then win on turn four. Like, that's just so good. Like, yeah. through almost anything. So I think that, like, the notion that Storm is, like, I think the thing is, Storm is, like, is very matchup dependent, so it's, like, a 40% or 80% deck, depending on the meta. Like, mm. I oftentimes will, like, over sample sizes of, like, 50 to 100 matches, will win, like, 40% of my matches or 80% of my matches. But the thing about winning a tournament is you don't want to win 55 to 60% of your matches. You want to win them all, you right. know? And so there's just going to be weekends where Storm is by far the best deck. Like, Eternal Weekend, I think, is the best deck. Grand Prix, it was the best deck. And there's going to be weekends where I just cannot win it all in my 2-3 every league, or I 0-2 drop every tournament for months. So, I don't know. I, I just think, I wanted to dispel the myth that Storm is not a good deck, because I, I think it's very clearly, like, one of the top three decks in the history of Legacy. Like, I yeah, think Delver, I think Miracles, just, and Storm. That's just a silly thing to say, I think. You can't, you know, it's... I think some people just want to be, want to ha- put their stamp on something. Yeah, I think Max something. was joking, for what it's worth. But I hear yeah. that all the time. Yeah. So it's like, come on, like... At a certain point, you have the the what is it? The proof is in the pudding or whatever. Like mm-hmm. Storm just wins a lot of Magic tournaments. So. Are you allowed to eat pudding being a, a vegan? I don't think so. They probably make vegan pudding, but yeah. it's kind of a weird food, anyways. I think the last time I had pudding was like when I got my wisdom teeth taken out when I was like fifteen. So. <laughs> it's I enjoy it's good like, pudding. It's like okay, it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about them Jello pudding cups with the chocolate and the vanilla and the chocolate. It's like Oreo and yeah, those are really good. I ate like probably sixty of those when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. (laughs) Yeah, that does not sound appetizing at all, Jerry. 
Yeah, so that's my <laughs> Dude, super it's like long an Oreo ram- you can... rambling thing about the Grand Prix. I hope that people <laughs> enjoy because I haven't even talked about it yet with anyone. Basically, like I just kind of was playing it, and I don't like talking about Magic Wand playing tournaments. I just yeah. listen to music or do other <laughs> things. And so I um I looked at my I take notes of what I play against though just to I don't know just because mm-hmm. um and then looked at it just now yeah so that's quite I mean that's quite the tournament like how it must have been so fulfilling to finish that that Grand Prix on top man like it must oh, have been I, so I can't even describe yeah well the it, thing is is like I think I'm a fairly popular person on social media just because I do use social media a lot you know mm-hmm. um. And it's just like so many people were tweeting at me. Like I had my tweets were like getting over a thousand likes and retweets, and so many people were messaging me like, "Please close, please." Cyrus is going to win the Grand Prix, mm-hmm. and it's like I'm already super hard on myself and put a ton of pressure. And I was just thinking, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is going to be like a turn of weekend where everyone was like, I went undefeated till the finals, and everyone was rooting for me, and I was just like putting so much pressure on myself. And then I lost to Burn, and I was so freaking pissed. And then I was messaging Sperling, and he was like. What do you say? He was like, um, I, I needed a 2-2 to top 8. So one thing he said, he's like, well, I've seen you 2-2 big tournaments before, so I know you can do that now, which is kind of a, a dig, which was funny. Uh, and then he was like, well, there's nothing like an unlucky like bad beats to get your nerves out of the way. That was not how it worked for me. I was a thousand times more nervous after losing my first match. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, it was very fulfilling. Like, top 8-ing was what felt crazy, you know? like Because like, like, winning 13 out of 15 matches, like, you've done a Jerry, and like, I'm sure you will, Pat, or if, if you wanted to. And um, but it's like it's just like a crazy feeling where it's just like I cannot believe I just won all those matches, and it's like there's a thousand other people here, and I'm like in the top eight. Like, <laughs> geez. So that was what felt unreal. And then we got to the top eight, and it was like two rug Delver, two Turbo Depths, one Burn, one Jeskai Mentor with no counterbalance. Um, one Hogak and then me, and I'm like, if you just ran a simulation of this top eight where no player skill involved, like just ran a simulation of matchup mm-hmm. percentages, Storm is going to win this top eight every time. Yeah, and, and I was just like, this, I cannot ask for a better top eight. Like my top eight was Hogak, Burn, Delver. Like you can't ask for better matchups. Yeah, that's the uh, that's pretty fantastic. I mean, certainly <clears throat> you put yourself in a position to win the tournament, right? But like some, like you said, some things have to break your way too. Where like if you were facing all prison decks in the in the top eight. Your day might have gone a little differently, but because you faced decks that are you're probably probably favored against uh, most of the time, then then you know. Yeah. And I'm on the I'm on the play all top eight, which is obviously big too. Huge, huge, right? I'm the one, with Storm especially because I'm the one seed. So yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. That's that's amazing. I, I know, like after your after your uh, runner up finish, uh, not that long ago, we had like your your keys to victory or keys to success in one of those big tournaments. Was there anything you gleaned from this tournament that? Is something you haven't done in the past, or was this just more of kind of what we come to expect from you as a player? Uh, well, I think there's actually a few things that I did differently for this tournament. So one thing I think people that know me know I play a lot of Magic. Like I'm a I'm a grinder, whatever you want to say. Like I play so much Moto. Like I used to play like 50 matches every week and track my data and stuff. And then I was just like, you know what? I don't really think like I just was thinking. I'm like, I don't think that I can really get better at this deck. Like. It gets to the point of diminishing returns, where it's mm-hmm. I've played so many thousands of matches of Storm. What am I really learning from playing against Eldrazi and Reanimator and Delver for the hundredth, some thousandth time, you know, Ooh. whatever? And so I kind of just, like, stopped playing Magic before this tournament, and I just, like, played other games. Like, I played World of Warcraft Classic, and I have a girlfriend. I went and visited my girlfriend and hung out with her and her, her son, um, and just and just kind of relaxed and was just like, mm, I feel pretty good about my list. I didn't 5-0 a lot. I 2-3'd a lot, uh, but you know what? Anything... I mean, I don't know. That, so that was one thing is my preparation was different where I just tried to play less. And I know Jarvis did a similar thing where he just didn't think that playing more is actually that beneficial. 
And I think what you get in this weird place where everyone just thinks the secret to winning, people think the secret to winning at Magic is just playing more. And that's kind of true when you're starting, but you get to a certain point where the secret is actually to just to play less, you know, because one thing I think when you play more, you get autopilot and also people start to feel like they deserve to win. And I was in that kind of toxic mentality for a while where I'm like, I've played more than anyone. I know this deck really well. I should be winning, you know, and you don't ever deserve to win a game of magic. You you know, it's like no matter what the matchup is or who your opponent is, like you just have to play and mm-hmm. um, no matter how much you want to win or what your plays are, you should, I always just kind of think it's like that doesn't or no matter how much you want to win or whatever, that doesn't change what your play should be. Like your, your play should be independent of what the stakes are of a game, like from, you know, from game to game, uh, it should just be the same. Um, but the other part of that is you have to want to win more than anything. Like, and that's a really hard thing to balance is I think you have to want to win more than anything, but you can't let the, the will or like the want to win impact your playing. So like, I think one difference is I really, really want to win. Like, more than anything, I've wanted to win a Grand Prix. I literally dream about it. When I'm, I used to get bored of my commute to work, and I would just day, daydream about winning a Grand Prix for, like, an entire hour. Like, what I would, what, how it would feel, you know? Um, and I think a lot of people get in the top eight, or they, like, day, make day two, or they win a few matches, and they're just happy to be there, which is okay. If that's your goal, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? But I, I don't know. For me, it wasn't an accident. I didn't just stumble into this top eight. I, you know, I... I played the deck a lot and I felt good about it and then I was in the top eight and everyone's like congratulating me and I'm just stoked to be there but the other thing is it's like uh, something I heard on your podcast actually when you interviewed the the Grand Prix Birmingham champion Gary Gary Campbell right mm-hmm. is that his name or? yep um yep. and yep. he was like someone Jerry Thompson said something to him and he was like you still have a whole tournament to play you know and I was like I got a whole hour to think about it because I um I ID the last round and I'm like someone has to win this freaking thing why not me mm-hmm. you know like and so I, I don't know. To me, it was just like no splits, kill them all. Like I know right before the top eight, the judge was like, or right before the finals, the judge was like, your opponent is offering a prize split, and he tried to explain how the prize split would work, and I just interrupted him, and I'm like, I don't split prizes, like <laughs> pretty loudly in front of everyone, you know, like I'm here to play magic, like, um, so I obviously did not split the top eight and, and um, won it, which is sick. Uh, I don't know. I so that was kind of my thing is that for this tournament, I just tried to not let my competitive nature or whatever. Um, get in, cloud my vision of what the correct plays were, and I try to just take every match one at a time, which is really hard to do when you're like 11 and 0 at a Grand Prix or playing for thousands of dollars and, or whatever, you know. Um, and then also just try to play less. Like, yeah, so that's the difference. I wanted to ask about that. Do you feel like you know taking uh, some time off right before the GP helps you not to second guess your list, making last minute decisions? Like one of the things that drives me nuts are people who up until you know, 9 p.m. the night before the GP are changing out sideboard cards or trying to f- squeeze in a cute, spicy one-of they want in their main deck. And it it just drives me insane because you're not actually doing anything positive at that point. I think you're just overthinking or second-guessing yourself, making your deck worse. Like, I think that those decks should be locked in attacked. well before the tournament actually starts. Do you feel the same way? Well, I think that mindset comes up from professional Magic players who play Grand Prix like every other weekend, probably on average, you know, mm-hmm. and... Um, or have the Pro Tour where you don't actually have that much time to test. It used to be before after a set comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that a lot of people try to emulate that, where they see pros kind of painstakingly looking over their lists and stuff. But Legacy's not like that. We, right. we know what the meta's going to be for a few months in advance, basically. And I don't know. What I always try to explain to people is that, and it's hard. It's a lot easier to say this than to do this, is that neither you nor the deck will get any better or worse over the course of like a week or two, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, to me, it's like, I literally have played... I've played what? Like, I've probably played 3,000 matches of Storm at least, you know? Um, 
And it's like, what am I, what was the extra 10 matches? Is that going to ever make a difference? Right. Like usually what I try to do is like go to a few paper tournaments. Cause I don't play paper magic really, except for grand prix. And I kind of have a dexterity issue with just shuffling cards. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm kind of clumsy. And so I try to just like go play with cards and like, Playing paper cards is different than playing online, like re- representing things with actual dice versus just seeing it on moto and like shuffling and talking to your opponent. And um, there's also an article that was going around about like, uh, yeah, I'll talk about this later. But yeah, so I, I do think that that people try to change their list too much. I don't know. I think people should just play stock lists. I think people like try to get too cute. Yeah. Um, and like people, there's a lot of thing about magic is that people really want to feel smart. Like totally. there's a lot of cards that make you feel smart mm-hmm. and like. What is it? My basically what my burn opponent said to me. He was like, "No one's ever outsmarted a lava spike." Like he was, he was just like, he's like, all of my opponents keep like casting all these cantrips. Wow, and that's, all of my friends. That's yeah, sorry, great. No, that's, that's just the great most zen that feels from a, like from a burn player. That's a fantastic. Yeah, and he top wow. He didn't say exactly the, that, the but he said something burn. like that. And he was just like, "Yeah, all my friends keep telling me like their stories about how like they cast a million cantrips and had all these complex board states." And he was just like, "You know what my story has been from every match at this Grand Prix." I cast Lava Spike targeting my opponent. And he's like, that's my story. And I was just like, God, that's just so... I don't know. Just play stock list and win tournaments. Like, tr- stop trying to get cute. Like, <laughs> was 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 Jeff Bridges your uh, opponent <laughs> for the burn uh, I don't know who that is, but... Um... Uh, the Jerry Big Lebowski. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I, I do know who that is. I'm sorry. I'm a little... That name... I, I have seen the Big Lebowski, yeah. But I'm also very young, so... Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so my opponent my opponent all my opponents oh, are great yeah i don't know like i remember the first time y'all like looked at my list like when i top aided that or won the cfb that you had me on for the first time um you were like yeah your list is just super stock the only thing you have is like a snow-covered land is the spiciest thing and they're like and then i, I basically just have never played spicy things <laughs> i just i like either net deck storm list that i think look good like if someone's playing a storm list i think looks reasonable i just play that um the biggest thing for me is mapping out my sideboard so i think that people all the time when you play against them they're like like, especially, I'm sure this happens to you because you play Sneak and Show, Jerry, where your opponent's, like, has, like, some insane card in against you, like, I don't know, like, not Lightning Bolt, because I, 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 like, they're just like, oh, I didn't have anything better, you know? Like, you ever hear that, where someone has a yeah. card that's not very good against you, like, they leave in True Name, and they're like, well, I literally just didn't have anything better. And I'm like, I'm always, I always just think, I'm like, you know you get to pick the cards you bring to the tournament, right? <laughs> I'm always just like, you didn't have to build your deck in the way that you straight up don't have anything to bring in against one of the most popular decks in the format. Um, and so I'm always like, before every tournament I, I go through, like, I have, that's why I have that Google doc. And the reason I made it public is for my own benefit. I, cause for those that don't know, pinned on top of my Twitter is my full storm sideboarding guide for every tournament, uh, including this tournament, exactly what list I'm playing and how I sideboard in every matchup, which, um, anyways, how I came to that was that I was just like trying to map out my sideboard where it's like, I want to take out, I know that I don't want to rest against death and taxes. How many cards do I need to bring in and things like that? Um, that's actually kind of funny. So the 9-0 players, they asked us, they were like, hey, can we post your deck list on Twitter? And the the two other 9-0 players declined. They didn't want their, their list to be public. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm way ahead of you. It's literally pinned on top of my Twitter. Like, tweet it out. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, and I, I think that that's like a kind of a stupid thing in Magic is people who are like, and it's okay to feel this way, but people who are like really into like hiding their tech, like... And like, and like, don't want people to know what exactly their 75 is. And they don't like, I remember one time I got blasted pretty publicly for playing a list that someone shared with me, even though they didn't tell me not to play it, but they like called me out and just like, were like, I can never trust you again. You played this list like that I shared with you. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like grow up. Like, I don't know. So ever since then, I've just, have always made my list public. Like, I think that's so overrated. And if that's your prerogative, like go ahead and do it. You know, if that's what makes you feel smart. But I just wanted, I mean, I won the Grand Prix and I made my list public 
whatever, three months ago, two months ago, exactly the 75 I played is not changed. And you could look it up at any point and everyone knows my cards if they care. Um, and if anyone, like all my opponents, I help them with sideboarding or whatever. It's like, I think that's like just a toxic mindset in magic is that you, for some reason you're so smart, you need to hide your list. Like, mm-hmm. I think more people should just, I think that sharing information is good. And all I care about in magic mostly, I mean, I like winning obviously, mm-hmm. um, is playing interesting games in magic. And if people know my list and can build their list better and know how to sideboard better and aren't doing crazy, insane things because of a lack of information, I think you're just going to have more interesting games. Like some of the most interesting games are when you're playtesting against a friend and you're both playing at a high level. And so I just want to play interesting games. So, yeah, I can say that I really enjoyed the top eight uh, playing with revealed deck lists. I feel that's a much more interesting way to play magic because you mentioned earlier, you the thing you like most about magic is making decisions. And when you can see your opponent's list, it just gives you so many more lines of thought when you're making. Yeah, because you still have the hidden it's information like, on how they sideboard and also what cards are in their hand and in their deck. You know, like like I think playing around things can actually be more interesting if you know your opponent has like the Tom Ross one stifle, like. Suddenly, it's like that's a new element that you have to play around, and I actually can think that can make the game kind of more interesting. Obviously, hidden information is great too. I just think that people should like be a little bit less anal about hiding their deck list because I and like I don't know, like I, I it's also great I think if people want to like have um, patrons and stuff where they hide their stuff behind the patrons for like, a paywall because if that's your your job, you know, I, I think it's important to you know get paid for the hard work you're doing. But I also just like I don't know, like I just try to make that public for the most part because mm-hmm. I think I, I just want to share information like. I, legacy is really hard like uh like i know when i first started playing storm like uh, control for days brandon osborne and rodrigo had like their cyborg guides public and it really helped me like learn how to build a cyborg and how to like cyborg and how to like learn backwards that way so uh, I- i'm just all about sharing information basically it's hmm. yeah right on i like it i like it well let's see here what else do we want to yeah, talk about a lot tonight? of talking Sorry. no 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 it's it's good it's good it's good no um well, I guess we're, we probably want to start wrapping it up, right, Jerry? It's almost ten o'clock here, so I know. It's... Oh wow, the t- <laughs> time is flown by. No, it's that's, no. Uh, listen, listen. <laughs> it, it's it's first of all, you've earned it. It's well deserved, and that's what people want to hear. They they want to hear from the winners. They want to hear from they want to hear your experiences. And honestly, our like our tournament recap episodes are some of the high highest like uh, downloaded. People really like to hear them, so I, I think they're fantastic. That's good because I really like them. And on my podcast, when I did a tournament recap, I got a ton of criticism about it. And it kind of hurt my feelings because really? I was like, everyone's like, why would anyone want to listen what? to that? And a bunch of people like gave me feedback about how they hated that episode and how like Ugh. they don't really care about my individual matches. And I got like a pretty good amount of feedback about that. And that was like, well, I like hearing that. Like, that's something I'm interested <laughs> Those in. Those people sound yeah, like yeah, like, So it kind of hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah. Know, so I'm... One of the things I've learned in my life is that like people who appreciate what you do more often than not, aren't going to tell you, aren't going to say anything. But the people who really, who like don't like what you're going to do, for some reason, people who are unhappy with something are much more likely to speak up than people who are like satisfied with something, which is incredibly frustrating. And a lot of times I think will cause people to second guess what they're doing. And if I, my, my rule of thumb is when we're, when we're making podcasts is like, I like to do what I like to do. And if people don't like it, that's fine. Like they don't have to listen. They don't have to support us. They don't have to like us. But I'm just gonna keep doing what what I like to do, and uh, and and that's how we run the things here, you know. And Jerry gets to do what he wants to do most of the time too. Yeah, I know when that happened. I kind of messaged both of you and was asking for input just because I was like feeling kind of because you want to make a good product. Of so if people are giving you yeah, feedback. You want to take it into consideration. And basically, what you told me is, as far as content goes, like you just have to make the content that is honest, like yeah. what you want to make. And if people don't want to be, if people aren't interested in that, they're not interested in it. But like. Um, 
the things that you should take feedback on are like audio sounds and like like the, the technical side of things like that is something that could be improved mm-hmm. but you can only just make the content you want to make and if that's as long as they're not being toxic or whatever it's like if that's not for someone it's not for them yeah. so that kind of made me feel better and um yeah so yeah that's good advice and i and I, st- I i definitely stand by that today i even today i think that's completely true like it's just to me like you know i i don't i am under no illusions that like People don't listen to me and learn a lot about the format. That's just not something that's going to happen. It's I'm not, you know, like my my breadth and depth of understanding of the format and of, of magic in general is not nearly as deep uh, as you or or Jerry. But like, you know, they they Pat, let's be real. They listen to you for the, the food, food reports, reports at the convention center. I know. I thought I think you guys maybe thought I was making fun of you when you said that, but I really liked it. I was just like, I thought no, it was I... so freaking funny that Jerry just hopped into the Grand Prix and was going over it. And to me, it was equally valid what Pat ate that weekend because that was your experience. And it's like, it's like, what am I going to tell you that your experience isn't valid? Yeah, of course not. Listen, but it was just hilarious. Like it was like the juxtaposition between what food Pat ate at, in Niagara Falls, not known as a food hub of the world, and what Jerry top ate in the Grand Prix. It just it could crack me up. Yeah. Uh, that's the that's the yeah, kind of on that note. On that note, it means a lot to me. Like so many people came up to me this weekend and told me that they really liked my content and told me they were like fans or whatever and i signed a bunch of cards for people including signing four chalice of the voids immediately after the top eight after one grand prix <laughs> someone came up to me and was like will you sign my chalices and i put a frowny face on each one that's amazing so if you ever see a, a frowny face chalice you'll know it's mine <laughs> that's um, awesome but i don't know that means so much to me like i i like all my friends are magic friends like i kind of moved away from my hometown and mm-hmm. like and from college and stuff so i don't really have any friends nearby me anymore so it's like all of my friends are like online magic friends right now so when people come up to me and just say hi and like i can be kind of shy like i don't always come to other people uh, but i really like when people tell me like nice things and you don't have to tell me you're a fan of mine like that's nonsense but like it, like I, I don't expect that but like just come up to me and like talk to me like don't talk to me about like the exact tournament i don't want to hear bad beats but like i don't know so i just want to put that out there that it means so much to me anytime ever anytime someone ever comes up and is like so that that's a good that's a good distinction because I feel a lot of people need to hear that is an invitation to come talk is not an invitation to come tell me about how your shitty bad beat story. of Yeah, the dude, bad beat stories are insanely, it's like, I mean, I get it can be cathartic to tell me. I think every magic player, and this is ironic coming from someone who just rambled about magic for an hour. Every magic story needs to be held under 30 seconds or it's not worth telling. Like <laughs> storm bad beats are the most insane bad beats because someone comes up to you and they're like, here's the six cards in my opponent's graveyard that are relevant. Here's every card they've played this game. Here's what deck they're playing. Here's yeah. their hand. Here's what I think they have based off their plays. Now, here's every card I have in my graveyard, every card I've played this game, every card in my hand. Which of these four different paths to victories do you think gives me the highest percentage chance to win? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm playing this tournament with Storm right now. I'm like, you think I want to play your Storm game? No. Like, Storm bad beat stories are the worst stories. Like, I hate talking about Storm like during a tournament because it's draining. It's like I'm like, oh, God. so that's my advice. Yeah, I, I agree. Tell with less that. bad beats. I agree. With There's only so much uh, so much mental stamina you have for a tournament, and I don't want to spend any of mine thinking about how 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 you took a bad line or an opponent took a great line or whatever. It's just not. It's just negative EV. But I do want to talk about what we're going to be eating after the tournament. That's yeah, Skittles and veggie wraps. And I listened to Truth Hurts by Lizzo. That song that's like. You know, like the pop song oh, is really yeah, popular right sure. now. Yeah. I listen to that song a bunch. That was a good song. And I listened to MF Doom 
uh, is my favorite artist, and then Kanye West, and then oh, I always listen to Thunderstruck by ACDC before any major match. That's a good like, one. I save it because that's that's my special storm pump up song because they're my opponent is about to get freaking Thunderstruck. Does MF Doom ha- wear like the Doctor Doom face when? Yeah, it, he's the guy that's the that has the Doctor Doom. Oh, I, so mask. that was I was completely joking, but that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, you should listen to him. He's really good. If you like like mid two thousands hip-hop oh yeah definitely i was i was alive in the mid-2000s so i'm I'm into it me too i was a child i was in elementary (laughs) school i was not a child i was uh i wasn't i guess i was an adult yeah in the mid-2000s i was technically an adult so all right awesome well jerry let's get into scoops and poops before we get out of here tonight um unless unless yeah let's let's get into scoops jerry who do you want to scoop into top eight this week uh, I got to scoop in my main man, Cyrus, yeah. for winning the GP. Um, Cyrus, you were one of the most meaningful people at GP Niagara because you came up to me uh, like halfway through the day and you were just like, Jerry, you got this. You're top eighting this. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I, don't, I think you're lying to me, Cyrus. Not lying. <laughs> I, I think you are infinitely more uh, uh, appreciative of how my day is going to go than I, went, I am. But I appreciate that. And then, you know, I'm like, I'll throw top eighting. I'm like, oh, wow, Cyrus, Cyrus really saw it. So I think, uh, Cyrus, you have a pulse on this format more than uh, almost anyone else alive and i think winning the gp was just a matter of time and i'm really happy for you that it that your time was now yeah thanks i actually almost even couldn't focus on my round 15 because i saw you shake hands and draw in a top eight with someone else who was really nice dustin buckingham who you drew with round 15 is an awesome guy uh and i was just like oh my god did jerry just top eight this grand prix and i was like i almost couldn't even focus my match i was like my opponent wanted to draw and of course i know splits kill them all so i said no but i almost wanted to so i could go see i was like and then i came up to you and i hugged you like i was like did you just top eight And you're like i think i did and i hugged you i was so excited i still think about that that was awesome yeah that was you you, i was really happy that you're in there i was really sad i couldn't be there for you in atlanta but as soon as i heard the news i I was messaging you and i I was pumped to hear that uh that you thank you it means a lot congratulations awesome uh poops i got no poops pat i had a good week nice i look at i I was looking at new cars i had a good experience test driving yeah have you pulled the trigger in a car yet or not uh not yet i'm still shopping but i've been i've been test driving around soon soon what about you pat what do you got uh so scoops i'm scooping in cyrus of course uh cyrus i love you man i think you're great i think you are a positive force in the legacy community um and you're you're not afraid to speak your mind and and sometimes i don't always agree with everything you have to say but i really like that you that you are truthful you 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 speak what's you know what's in your heart and um and you're just you're just a fucking you're a killer out there, man. And you also refuse to do splits, which I cannot tell you how much I love that. Like when I when when Anurag had typed in that you said no splits kill him, you you no sir the uh, the split in top eight just made me so fucking proud of you, man. And um, I'm just I'm so happy for you. And I I just really want to scoop you in the top eight. Not that you need it, but I'm gonna scoop you in anyway. And uh, and I got no poops. I honestly like uh, this is just a great week. I'm 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 digging everything. So yeah, I have no no negativity. Cyrus, who are you scooping in top eight this week? I have a few, obviously, as anyone does after a crazy week of magic. Um, I wanted to, first and foremost, scoop in the Legacy Pit, <clears throat> including Austin Blackner, who is the finalist at Grand Prix Niagara Falls. Austin is just a really nice guy and a really good magic player, and obviously all of the guys over the Legacy Pit are great. And they like play like four hours of paper magic every <laughs> single week, like mm. twice a week or something, and stream it. 
and they just don't have enough big enough following for the quality of player. Like, how often do you get to see someone who's top eight in Grand Prix playing Paper Legacy multiple times a week? And they have like every Legacy deck and will stream it if you ask. And like, they're all really good at the different decks. So I wanted to shout out the Legacy Pit, who has a Twitch and a Twitter. Uh, I've been retweeting them and stuff, but they just deserve more fall, a bigger following than they have, which is already a fine following, obviously. But um, and I want to just, you know scoop in Austin. Uh, he, he's just I mean I don't need to scoop him in because he literally freaking kicked by all weekend um, <laughs> and top aided. Uh, just all my opponents were, were really awesome and great people all weekend. Um, you know, people were super nice. Uh, I wanted to like scoop in the, uh, the everyone supported me. Like so many people were reaching out, and I think. My phone died twice from 100% basically like in 20 minutes because of I was getting like literally thousands of notifications. Um, and that was just such nice to have so much feedback. Like I obviously like have, you know, different struggles with stuff and having so many people, you know, really make me feel loved and everything meant a lot to me. Um, and then I wanted to scoop in uh, the, the coverage. I think her name is, is Colette did the coverage for the Grand Prix. And she was just so nice. She told me like round six or something. She was like when I was 6-0, my first feature match, whatever you want to call it. She was like, maybe it was round nine. She was like, just so you know, Storm is my favorite deck. And we're not supposed to pick favorites, but I'm, I'm rooting for you, basically. And uh, all weekend, <laughs> she just did a really great job covering the players and was receptive to things on Twitter and tried her best to reply to everyone. And it's just like one person doing the coverage, basically. And she did an awesome job. I gave her a hug after I won. Because so, she was kind of just with, there with me the whole time, and she's awesome. Uh, yeah, so that's my, my, three, my three scoops. Um, and then I actually do have some poops. So my poops is to people who are really aggressive about no coverage on Twitter. Like <laughs> every like they're doing a like Channel Farble doesn't have to do coverage. They're not mm-hmm. the ones that pulled coverage. And all of the negative feedback is always directed at like the one single person who is spending their entire weekend like giving as good of a coverage as one person could possibly give for a Grand Prix over Twitter and doing their best job. And everyone's like, yeah, well, I wish I could watch it. You think I don't want my Grand Prix win to be streamed? You think my mom watching at home was like F5-ing on Twitter so that and my grandparents so that they could see how well I was doing? You think they didn't want to watch it? No, of course coverage is great. But don't direct your criticism at Channel Fireball. That's just unwarranted. I think they're doing a great job. Um, and and yeah, so that's kind of... That made me feel kind of crummy all weekend when I kept seeing that people were just... On all my tweets that were saying like how well I was doing, like a bunch of people would reply saying, well, it sucks there's no coverage. Just like... Well, it's either this or nothing. Like, direct your criticism towards Watsi, not Channel Fireball, if you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also poops on Channel Fireball Game Center, but only kind of half poops, because uh, <laughs> they're my kind of local game store, and they do a great job. But the last tournament I attended, they pre-split the top eight. If the top eight competition, you don't have the option to no-split, kill them all. They, because of, they, they, I asked them about it, and they said, because I kept top eighting, basically, they had to pay judge staff extra to stay and pay their staff and stuff, and it sucked, and they hated it. Well, then don't freaking run a tournament. If, and so now if you top eight, they automatically split the prize between the top eight people. And they're like, well, there's eight winners. No, there's eight losers is what that is. And I yeah. hate oh. that. And I'm not going to be attending oh. Channel Fireball events. Uh, which is I've won a bunch of them. I always give them my money. I always recommend them. I wear their T-shirt when I won the Grand Prix. Like I always do the best I can. Don't pre-split your top eights. That's not what competition's about. I hate that. If people want to split, that's fine. But anytime anyone ever offers me to split, I offer winner takes all, and then no one ever offers a split. So um, <laughs> yeah, but obvi- obviously they're still a great game store and they do a great job, and I understand why they're closing early. I just was like, as someone who likes to play for the win, I wish they would they would maybe consider reverting that decision. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a fan of that decision. Channel Fireball, I, I don't like that. Yeah, and they like said that, that if they get enough feedback, they won't do it for future events. So all right. I'm not saying you should call Channel Fireball because that'll probably get annoying for them. But if you do play at Channel <laughs> Fireball, the next event you're at, only if you play there, don't call them at the next event you're at, 
maybe just be like, hey, I think it would be really cool if we got to play for top eight still. And I don't even care. Like, freaking raise the entry fee. People are going to pay it anyways. You raised your freaking Grand Prix entry fee, like, by double. Just raise the <laughs> raise it by a dollar or whatever so you can pay the judge staff. Because I want to freaking say I won the event. I don't yeah. want to... You don't want, like, your mom ask you or something, and they're like, oh, how'd your tournament go? You're like, oh, I tied for eighth. <laughs> well, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. Is that really what you want to say? No, you want to say I won it. So I, I just wish they would revert it. Um, but obviously, that's, you know... They're still doing a great job, and I appreciate them supporting Legacy and, and doing tournaments and everything. I love it. I and love I wrote it. a I wrote a primer and tournament report for their website, which should be up soon. So check yeah, it out. Yeah, if uh, if it's up uh, before we post the episode, shoot it to me, and I'll I'll link it in the show notes for sure. Sick. Yeah. So um, yeah. So also skips the channel for a while because obviously their coverage and game store does a great job. But okay. I really, really do not like that decision to the point where I will not be going to their tournaments until this change. So. Yeah, I, I, I feel you that. I don't, I don't like that at all. Um, one thing I will say, and I agree with you about voicing your displeasure that there's not coverage of a tournament. Um, it, it's I think the only the, the downside there is that it's difficult to find the person who you should say that to, right? Because if you tweet at any Twitter account, it's not like the person who made that decision is not running any of the accounts that we, that, that you can tweet at, right? That person is somewhere else in the organization. It's someone who is uh, in the shadowy cabal somewhere at Wizards, and uh, you can't get to them on Twitter. Um, so there's just no good alternative to voice your displeasure. Well, it's there, certainly not Channel Fireball. That's all I have to say. I no, no, I, and I, I, I agree. Because Channel you. Fireball is providing freelance coverage because coverage got canceled, people assume it's Channel Fireball's fault there's not coverage, which is right. the exact opposite of what's true. So I, I don't know who at Watsy does it. I know that people at Watsy don't like when you tweet at them. Well, guess what? Get your freaking act together if you don't want people to tweet at you. Organized play has been a complete mess for the last year. It's a total nightmare. I don't even. I didn't even realize I was qualified for three Pro Tours until someone explained it to me. That's insane. I just won the Grand Prix. Like the, I, I don't know. So, yeah. Don't do don't Channel Fireball, though. Do they do People really hate Channel Fireball for multiple things, and I can't necessarily speak on that um, because I didn't play Grand Prix before Channel Fireball had the Monopoly. Um, but I think they overall do a pretty good job with mm-hmm. it, with the tools that they have at their disposable in their contract with Watsi. I will say that, yeah, when I top aided G, uh, GP Niagara and qualified for Barcelona, I had to find out all my information by talking to yeah. other Magic players. None of the resources Watsi has out there is very good for explaining, you know, where you're going, when you're going. Like, I didn't even know what format it was until I think it was actually Jarvis was the one who told yeah, they me. Yeah, they modern. gave me a letter and the, or a piece of paper, and they were like, make sure your Watsi email is, is correct. So I logged in my Watsi account, and my email was wrong. And I'm like, hey, I just won Grand Prix Niagara or uh, Atlanta. You, you're on the top of Niagara Falls. I just won Grand Prix Atlanta, and I my email wasn't correct. I wanted to make sure I didn't miss any information. I emailed them, and they emailed me back, and they're like, hey, we just want to verify this. Uh, can you tell me what your name is and if uh, recent tournament results of yours, so that we can verify it to you? And I'm like, the email I sent you says my name is Cyrus Corman Gill. I just won Grand Prix Atlanta, and I just didn't reply. I was like, this is just right. totally insanely stupid. And they sent me a follow up email, and they're like, hey, we're still waiting for your reply. Read the email I sent you. Are you kidding me? Okay. Yeah. So I just thought that was stupid. But yeah, there's there's, there's definitely some room for improvement there. I hope I hope they make it. Um, yeah. It seems like they're they're trying to do the whole esport thing. I don't know how that's working for them. Oh, it's um, obviously a horrible failure. The PL was like one of the worst received things. <laughs> I ever. didn't want to go that me? far. I don't know, but it's uh, a complete I like the hot failure. Take. It was just an absolute disaster. And this is I wanted to be a professional magic player since I was eight years old. And this last few months, I was like, well, what's even the freaking point? Not that I'm anywhere close to being able to do that. But yeah, I don't say it was. It's like a thing in process or whatever. It was a complete failure. Watson yeah. did a, just a terrible job with organized play. I'm yeah, sorry. It's, un, it's unfortunate. I hope, I hope it gets better. Bring back yeah. Helene. Um, all right. Awesome. Well, um, so Cyrus, I know people can find you at 
Cyrus MTG on Twitter, right? It's uh, Cyrus CG MTG. Oh, Cyrus CG, of course. Uh, because somehow someone has the name Cyrus CG already, which sucks. Okay. All right. Well, Cyrus, uh, at Cyrus CG on Twitter. MTG. MTG. Oh, God damn. At Cyrus CG MTG. I yeah. like it. I mean, there's not very... People always ask me, they're like, are you like... People always ask me, are you the Cyrus? And I'm like, what a weird question, first of all. <laughs> uh, like when, or like when I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Cyrus. And like, I know who you are. Instead of introducing themselves. <laughs> that freaks me out. Just say your name, please. Uh, <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, there's like probably two people that named Cyrus that play Magic, so I'm I'm definitely at least one of the people you're thinking of. <laughs> um, yeah, and then it's uh, Twitch.tv/slash CyrusCG. I haven't streamed in a while, but I'm hoping to. Uh, and also this Wednesday, I'll be on the Legacy Premier League. I'll be going against Andrea Mangucci, Emma Handy, oh, Jarvis yeah. Yu, and then obviously I'll be there myself. Uh, you can catch that on. Uh, I think probably it's going to be on Julian's Twitch unless they change it, which is uh, Twitch.tv/slash It's Julian, I believe. But you you just type in Legacy Premier League and you'll be able to find it. It's kind of like the uh, a Super League type of thing, and it's going to awesome. be awesome. That's going to be great. I can't wait to watch Sweet. that. Uh, I can't wait to get back out to playing Magic. I literally, because of uh, my the flag practices we have, like my Wednesday and Friday nights are completely booked. I'm busy on Saturdays because Luke has soccer games. I'm busy on Sundays because both my kids have football games. So until like, um, you know, early November, I am uh, I am not playing any Magic, uh, at least in paper. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to when I can get back out there. But I'm hoping to see you. Sometime at a tournament next year, Cyrus. Hopefully you're traveling around a little bit. And I'll see yeah, well, I'm going to be going to Eternal Weekend, which I imagine is going to be kind of hard for you because it's next month and it's Halloween weekend and you have children. Um, and then I'll also am planning to go to GP uh, Bologna, uh, which is going to be great because that's in Italy. And I, I kind of didn't really have the money to travel to this event, but then, surprise, I just want a little bit of money. So uh, <laughs> why not go to another Legacy Grand Prix? Where'd you get that? Uh, I got it because I made the finals of the Moto PTQs. I got a bunch of tickets. <laughs> What? Oh wait, I was gonna say that. She... <laughs> okay, you got me. Yeah, you got I don't want to forget that I also made the finals of another Premier Legacy event. You know, not that, not that anyone's counting or anything. Awesome. <laughs> All right, great. Well, uh, let's see. Um, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. The stuff that we do. You can find the uh, the show on Twitter at LALMTG. You can find Jerry at JME3RD. You can find me at Pat Uglo. The stream is twitch.tv slash Leaving Legacy. We have the LAL Open coming up on October 26th. You can find the Facebook page uh, for all that info. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I actually just got in some uh, donated altered cards for the uh, for the raffle prizes. I, I yeah. have They're still in the envelope. I haven't unboxed them yet because I was out busy tonight. I was pricing out some side work. So I haven't gotten even a chance to look at them, but that's going to be sweet. Wait, I have a question. What is it? It's uh, where is yeah. LA Open? LA it's, Open. It's in. Uh, it's at. It's in beautiful Acton, Massachusetts, at Gaming, etc. So that's five days before return weekend. So I'm just saying, if anyone it wants is. to like host me that lives nearby, because um, I don't have a ton of money, but I can maybe book my flight a few days earlier and then go from there to Pittsburgh. Um, it would be cool to play that tournament, but um, Cyrus, yeah. Cyrus, let's talk. I, think, I guess it's probably more private thing, can... so you can edit it out. But if you wanted to, uh, <laughs> I know that I know two fine gentlemen who we do can... live in um, New England. So yeah, for sure. Well, well yeah, we, we can put you up, no doubt about it. Um, all right, awesome. That would be that'd be amazing. Um, all right, you can find us on get some Cyrus feature. <laughs> you can matches. find us on Patreon. Uh, find us at Hipsters. Join the Facebook group. You can email us, leavingalegacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. And, of course, thanks to Justin Lutz. He's our audio tech sound engineer and uh, my assistant defensive coordinator for my flag football team. Yeah, also he can hogtie, uh, what is it, alligators? <laughs> yes. They're tiny legs. That was such <laughs> he, an insane he was, conversation. He was... I could not stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he can run some uh, pretty skillful uh, jet streams, from what I understand. <laughs> No, all right. Oh, so speaking of, I actually, I actually uh, wrote in my notebook to talk to you about the Jets. All right. So 
We run uh, my flag team. We run. I always get people back <laughs> off topic. We run. Uh, we run I formation. <laughs> Just, so we're an I right formation, right? <laughs> and what they do is the quarterback. The quarterback's under center. He, he you know he gets the whole offensive line set. We set the Z receiver in motion. He comes across the offense. He comes across the formation. The quarterback snaps the ball when the receiver gets about to like just behind the tackle. Snaps the ball. It's a give to the to the the uh, the wide receiver. The Z the Z receiver in motion there. Uh, at, at the same time, my fullback and running back they go off tackle on the left side, and they're both trying to get to the base. Like the fullback will usually will usually turn the defense end in, and the running back behind him is going to get up to like the second level and try to. Hook, basically hook that that scraping uh, middle linebacker or outside linebacker depending on what the formation of the defense and uh, basically that that Z receiver just follows those two guys up into the alley and is just off to the races down the sideline and uh, they, they executed it very very well I was really proud of them uh, that's a difficult play to execute with with kids under the age of 15 and these were four and five and six year olds executing a uh, a jet sweep extremely well so uh, uh, just a sh- one more shout out to my to my flag football team who just fucking crushed it last week. <laughs> We're just gonna have just do not. I will fire his ass. You leave all that in. That's gold. Yeah, he's the intern now. Now I got promoted. Now, yeah, we're gonna fire. I'm just kidding. Justin. No, Justin's the best. He's the best. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you all next week. Bye. Cool, 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 cool. And hey, we're gonna have a football-heavy uh, episode to start, so just just be aware, Jerry. I want to talk a little bit about flag football today. I I love uh, football. All right, great. Uh, the keeper and <laughs> the, <laughs> the defenseman. Yep, and yep. You got to get that golden snitch. Don't forget the sweeper. Yes, the sweeper. <laughs> These are actually soccer terms. I don't know oh, why. I, you like, <laughs> I don't know anything about soccer, despite both my kids playing soccer for a few years now. I know like I'm describing. Justin, please put this in the after show notes. Me describing soccer and Pat thinking I'm talking about Quidditch. I definitely thought you were talking about Quidditch. <laughs> like straight up, I thought you were being funny and talking about Quidditch. But you Look were at just me talking about soccer. Look at me. I'm I'm the sports expert now. <laughs> <laughs> true. true true this this is this is the after show show right here yeah i like it <laughs> all right <laughs>